You're probably expecting me to start with some kind of a quote, aren't you? You know, about how wonderful inspiration is, and how our muses just dance around and frolic through the night, and give us all kinds of wonderful motivation to keep moving, and ideas, ideas, just oodles and boodles of ideas. But I'm not going to do that, because I am a working writer, and I know something about the problems of inspiration. Namely, that inspiration is kind of a lie. So let's talk about that on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and today I'm going to tell you why inspiration is a crock. Well, it's not really a crock. It is, depending on how you define the term inspiration, it may exist. But the ideal, the idea, the platonic solid floated out in the cosmos that we are trying to find the nos to achieve. It, it's not real. <laughs> it, it's, it's not. It, it, it's not. And it's something we need to stop looking for. And if we're going to use the word inspiration, we should use it properly. All right. Yeah. And are you ready for this one? Okay. So what most people think about when they say inspiration comes in one of two packets, right? There's the, oh, I heard this song and I was inspired to do this thing, or I heard this piece of news, or this thing happened, and I was inspired to write something. The idea just came to me. That kind of inspiration does happen. That's real. It's, it, it, it does exist. It is miraculous. It is wonderful. It is glorious. It is one of the greatest things on earth when it happens to us. It gives us life and meaning and purpose as writers to move forward and to move on. But that is not the genesis of all ideas. And that's not the way even good ideas come about. Some of the worst ideas I've ever worked on and some of the worst films and books I've ever read were inspired in that sort of a way. That kind of inspiration, if you're lucky, is everywhere. You, you hear a bit of music, you see something happening on the news, an event happens to you, and your brain starts creating novums. At least that's what Damon Knight called them. Little ideas. What if, well, what if this happened to this person? Well, what if this was going on in this situation? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? Because that is the kernel of all stories. All stories. Doesn't matter what genre they're in, doesn't matter where they are from, all stories start with a good what if. Every single one of them. So, as you're working for your idea, where your story should come from, that's where it should start. What if? Just ask yourself, what if? What if a Federation ship got stranded in the Delta Quadrant and had to make its way home? 
That's Voyager. For goodness sakes, this simplistic what if for the um, for the next generation is what if we did Star Trek again with a new ship? Yeah, simple, straightforward, to the point. But with enough potential, if you know enough about Star Trek, to make you go, hmm, and maybe start writing. What ifs can be as simple or as complex as they need to be. And that kind of inspiration is really not hard to find. You can also find it from doing mashups. Like, what if we did Jaws in space? That's where Alien came from. It was a very simple high concept. Hmm, what if we do Jaws in space? And you get two of my favorite movies of all time. <clears throat> Out of what? Six now? Hmm. Should be a higher proportion there. But anywho, two of my favorite movies of all time. This is idea generation. This is the novel. Whatever it is that you want to call it, that, that's that kind of inspiration. And it does happen. You know, J.K. Rowling claims that she got the idea for Harry Potter when she saw a little boy running up and down the train, the central passage of a train car with a lightning bolt scar on his head. And then she realized he wasn't really there. And she started asking questions about him, like, how did he get the scar? And Harry Potter was born. That kind of inspiration does happen. It's rare. It's like getting struck by lightning. And that does not guarantee a successful book series. Harry Potter could have flopped as well as it succeeded if it hadn't gotten the audience that it got. If it hadn't gotten in front of the right people and started spreading in the way that it had. So don't confuse miraculous inspiration with making a good story. But that, that isn't really what we mean when we say inspiration now, is it? Let's be honest with ourselves. No matter what kind of creativity you partake in, and don't lie to me, we all partake in some creative endeavor, whether it's cooking or knitting or writing or music or what have you. We all have one. <sighs> yeah, we're talking about that other inspiration. That one that has the, includes the phrase, you know, I just didn't feel inspired today. I wasn't inspired to write today. I wasn't inspired to paint today. Now, if we go back to our old friend, the war of art, we're told to ignore this feeling because writing is work and you show up anyway. And yes, writing is work and you show up anyway. That kind of inspiration is rare and isn't real. Nope. Nope. It is not real. It isn't. I know what you're going to say, but, but Charlie, I, I felt it. I've been there. I've had that moment where I was in it and I couldn't stop. And I just wanted to keep writing and working and just, I wanted to keep going. And the words were flowing so clearly and the images were so clear. And the story was so clear and the characters were just, I could hear their voices. Yeah, we've all been there, but that's not inspiration. Ooh, no. That's a flow state. You see, flow is what happens when our endeavors meet the challenge. So it's possible to feel uninspired because you're not stretching far enough. You're just doing what you're doing because you're doing it. And you're not challenging yourself enough and not able to achieve that flow state. 
you could also be overstretching. See, that's the problem that I was having with the sci-fi story that I was working on as I was trying to write a novel. Because that's what I do. I write novels. <sighs> no, I tell stories. I don't write novels. And in fact, I don't want novels. I want a series of novellas and short stories and what have you that all take place on the same ship with some kind of connective tissue in it. You know, kind of like a uh, mm, trek through the stars or a galactica that's being battlestar starred or something you know like what happens when a gate gets all starry and you can walk through it and meet old egyptian gods and whatnot you know what i'm talking about right i wanted a series i wanted a serial i, I wanted stories that were independent but interconnected and characters that i could really get into i i, I wanted old school star trek yeah so trying to come up with a novel wasn't really what I wanted to do. That wasn't the idea. It was the easy thing to do. It was the lazy thing to do. Trying to figure out a series of interconnected stories that all amount to... Oh, that, 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 that's a bit harder. That's a bit rougher. But you know what? Once I set my goal to where it needed to be, suddenly, I was inspired. <gasps> you know that thing that doesn't exist? Because it doesn't exist. See, I wasn't really inspired because I had this idea. I wasn't really inspired because I had this breakthrough. No. What really happened was I met my skill level to a challenge and then added the secret ingredient that never gets talked about in flow, the effort to do it. Because what we're really talking about when we're having these discussions about inspiration, when I hear the term inspiration, more, more than not, what I'm hearing people saying is that that phrase, I just wasn't inspired to write today. I didn't feel inspired to write today. Oh, it's so wonderful to feel inspired to write. But you're not actually talking about inspiration there, are you? You see, inspiration, when it comes to just wanting to write, that, that, that's that magic thing again, right? Where the ideas just kind of flow. Oh, wait, no, that's the flow state. No, what we're saying is, I didn't have the motivation to write. And so, to protect myself and my ego, I'm going to offshore this. It's one of the few times that we still consciously offshore our responsibility as creatives. You see, if a product if a product that we make, a book, a movie, or whatever, succeeds or fails, we still take the blame for it because we've forgotten about our genius. But when we don't feel like working, oh, it's that genius's fault. Mm. So let's talk about our muses, shall we? Ah, the muse. That favorite topic of mine that Maybe ethereal, maybe real, maybe fictitious, maybe fragment of my own consciousness. I don't know and I don't care that I'd love to blame all of my problems on. You see, sitting over my desk right now as I'm talking to you, I have my muses. I have three of them, actually. I have the Egyptian god Ptah, because he was responsible for building the world. And if he could build this world, he can at least help me build mine. 
I have Nevermore, which is my little raven who sits over there. Not a real raven made out of wood, but a nice likeness. And we talk every now and then about just the trials and tribulations of writing. And then, of course, I have my skull, Bob, who mocks me, makes fun of me, and tells me everything that I'm doing wrong. Now, before you think I'm crazy, which you already do, because you listen to the show, I don't actually hear them talking. You see, they're stand-ins. They're little convenient plot devices that I've put in my own life to offshore these thoughts to. See, instead of getting mad or frustrated at myself, I, I can yell at Nevermore, or Bob, or Pata. I, I can externalize all of this so I'm not beating myself up. Because, let's face it, we all do tend to beat ourselves up. See, I haven't talked about my secret muse, who doesn't have a name. I have this beautiful resin turtle that belonged to my grandmother that sits down underneath my desk. But just in line of sight, I can... I can just see her out of the corner of my eye. She's right down there. See, she's my secret muse. She's the one that actually knows what the story is. She's the one that actually comes to me out of the muck and the mire of all this other harassing crap and helps me know what it is that I'm supposed to write. So why is Bob Nevermore and Pata up on the top shelf and she's all the way down there? Because you have to work to get her. See, Pata, well, that's craft. Inspiration does come into it a bit, but that's craft. We've done a series on world building, and we'll probably do another one in the not-too-distant future. World building is craft. You just do it. Nevermore, on the other hand, is my literary ambitions. It's a raven because, you know, I'm gothy, and I love Edgar Allan Poe. And I saw a raven, I said, hey, Nevermore, and I picked it up and I bought it for this particular purpose. But yeah, that's my literary ambition. Those dreams that I have of, you know, winning those awards and having that Netflix series and having that movie series and those comics and everyone in the world loving my work. You know, that dream. And that's why I talk to you about it. And Bob, of course, comes from the TV series, not the books, for the Dresden Files, because Bob cracked me up and kind of reminded me a bit of that horrible, evil gremlin that I have in the back of my own head that tells me that everything that I do is crap. And so I have my Bob sitting over there on top of his gargoyle. And when my interior judge gets a little too critical, I yell at Bob. Those are illusions. They're pieces of wood and plastic and plaster and what have you. That's it. Nothing more. And that's the important thing about having them, at least for me, because it reminds me that they're fake. You see, real inspiration, feeling inspired to work, is a question of motivation. And that's the real thing we should be asking ourselves, especially in this time. You see, the original germ for the idea of this episode was how to find motivation in dark times. And then Bob spoke up and said, no, 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 no. That should not be motivation. It should be inspiration. Because, of course, the big problem that people have at this moment in their lives is they don't feel inspired. They're in quarantine. They haven't been out in a long time. And they're feeling down. 
They need that inspiration. And that's when I knew what I really needed to talk about. Because Bob, well, not always wrong. Bob's a very good friend to have during revision and editing. But early on, Bob can be pretty wrong about everything that he says. And that's the ticket here. See, we don't feel inspired right now because we don't feel motivated. And that's why I'm always telling you, write for yourself, write because you enjoy it. Don't write for money or fame or glory or any of those other things that people who are not me will tell you to write for. Because they're illusory and they're not motivating. Yes, I, I, I love getting checks based off of work that I've done. It feels good. It makes me feel accomplished. That's not the same as motivated. That's not the same as inspired. If I'm not motivated, it's very hard to write. It's very hard to work in general. Because, well, putting one word after another, after another, after another, it's a tedious sort of task. It's one of those problems that, well, you don't think about until you do it. Or until you're talking to somebody who's definitely not an author and you tell them that, oh, I'm working on this project and it's going to be about 70,000 words. And they look at you and they go, 70,000 words? Which happened to me not too long ago. And I said, yeah, well, that, that, that's a lot of words. Yeah, that's a lot of words. That's a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of effort. And then, of course, there's refining those words and taking out all the bad words putting in all the good words, or at least as many of them as we can find. Yeah. See, that is where we need motivation. So you have to love your characters. You have to love your story. You have to love your setting. You have to love the process. You have to find something that's tangible, or at least tangible enough for you to keep you going. You see, for me, seeing words on a page makes me so happy. I look down at the work that I'm doing and I see I've gotten progress. I can watch the Scrivener file grow and get bigger and each chapter getting its own section and I feel like I've done something. Those are more of my words. And I can take pride in that. I can take courage in that. I can find strength in that. And that moves me on. And it doesn't hurt that I try to find characters that I really care about and stories I really care about and really follow after them. Because inspiration comes and, glow and goes. You know, she's like that muse that we're always talking about. She's flighty. Some days she shows up, some days she doesn't. But you know what? I need to show up every day at least for the kind of work that I do. And I'm not saying that you have to work every day. Find your schedule, find what works for you. But I have to show up here every day and do something. Whether that's build more on the world, design what the ship's going to be, name some characters, or get some scenes written. I have work to do. And I have several projects in the works. I have an entire series that is unfortunately about death, and I just don't feel like working on that right now. But it's written. It's just sitting there. I have my Princess Rescue Squad work that I'm continuing to do stuff on, and I have my sci-fi project. 
And I love all of them with all of my heart. And that's what gives me motivation, even when it's hard. Because I want to know what happens next. I want to meet the new person. I want to see what's around that next corner. And while this may not have given you a step-by-step process to find your motivation, hopefully you at least have a divining rod now to guide you in the right way. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate whatever episode or podcast you're listening to, please do so. That helps me out more than you could ever possibly know. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean. I would love to hear from you. You can also hit me up on social media. I am CE Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. Alrighty. I hate doing this part, but, you know, if I want to pay bills, I, I need to. Um, if you are fortunate enough to have any money during this period of time that you could pass my way, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to both voice message, I'm sorry, I already said that one, to listener support and my Patreon. Listener support is going to be not taking their cut through September, so more of the money will come to me that way. If you can support the show, that would really mean the world to me because things are really rough for us right now. We run a restaurant. (laughs) That's our day job. Yeah. So thank you to everybody who already does that. And please do not feel any pressure to give if you can't. If you don't have any money right now, that's perfectly all right. Or if you don't feel like giving, that's fine too. But if you know anybody you think would like any of the work that we do, please share it with them. That helps out more than you could ever possibly know. Alrighty, that's about it for me today. I hope you're having a good time. I hope you're well. So until we speak again, stay well, stay safe, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.